Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Danielle with another episode of our Ecom show and today I'm here with uh, Trevor Lim uh, from Automatic and he's from Singapore, so quite far from, from me now. And uh, today we will discuss operations, hiring, how to build systems uh, for an e-commerce company. And I think this topic is particularly interesting in uh, Q4 because I cannot count the number of stories when the business owner comes to me and they complain that, yeah, we managed to scale. We are great with ads, with SEO, with content, with email, but uh, our we don't have SOPs or our operations just, you know, got broken. So that's why we actually can't scale anymore. Um, so that's why I wanted to invite Trevor today, because I think this topic is still uh, underrated in the e-commerce industry. Even if you buy courses, then I think there are countless Facebook ads courses and, you know, marketing courses, but not many people talk about operations. So it's time to discuss that. Hey, Trevor, how are you today? Great. Hey, Daniel. Thank, thanks for inviting me on this call itself today. And yeah, I know, very happy to share with you guys. Everything's good. Yeah, great. So before we jump into the nitty gritty, please uh, tell us more about your personal story. So have you, you know, did you always want to be someone who worked with e-commerce companies or, or probably not? Uh, I'm really curious. Right. So um, actually not so much, honestly. Um, I, I used to actually come from like a training uh, industry. You know, I used to do a lot of seminars with my, you know, with my partners and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, we slowly evolved towards like, you know, doing software as a service, uh, running marketing agencies as well. Um, and of course, you know, like e-commerce is really something that we haven't really been touching a lot. You know, we have dabbled a little bit, uh, but we are really focused on a lot of like, you know, physical businesses. Uh, we are a lot of focus on to like, you know, software businesses. Yeah, but it was, you know, really just uh, one one day, you know, it just chanced upon like a few good partners uh, and a few good people in the industry that I really got to like, get exposed to it, uh, e-commerce in general a lot. Uh, and then, you know, I started realizing there was a really, really big gap in, in terms of like, you know, operations and systems uh, in the e-commerce space. And, and the, the truth is this, you know, like operations and systems are always something that uh, people will always think that, you know, it's uh, it comes naturally. But, but the truth is, as if you are able to actually dive in deeper towards that, uh, chances are you may be able to scale way faster than you, than you intended it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think before we start this topic, one thing to clarify that operations right. is not just fulfillment. And when we discussed last time you also told me this so i think it's important to clarify so we are not just talking about fulfillment here it's about team management hiring sops and you know many others so let's jump into it so let's say i have an e-commerce company six seven figure and what should be the main areas where i should focus and that probably i probably even underestimate the importance there Sure. So um, I think when it comes to like operations, a lot of people in the e-commerce space, they think about fulfillment, right? You know, people place an order and then, oh, I just need to make sure is that like the 
order just gets delivered to my customers or like to, to the audiences itself. Um, but the truth is that like when it goes way deeper towards that, we are talking about areas such as, um, you know, let's say for example, dropshipping companies, one of the key things that they should be focusing on is product research, you know, they, they should be looking into searching for more products. Um, if you're talking about like, you know, deeper areas of that, you know, for e-commerce brands, it's also about like, you know, enhancing, you know, I would call it customer experience in general. That is by itself, an operational department by itself to constantly work into product management in short. Um, we are also talking most importantly also about customer service also, you know, because the truth is, uh, especially, you know, when I were talking about e-commerce businesses where if your sales volume is really high, if you are not having a very good, uh, you know, systems and a very good uh, a group of people that you are able to manage in the customer service scene, uh, chances are you may end up with a lot of refunds. All the hard work that you have done through marketing, you know, trying to hype up so many sales uh, and increasing the sales volume, uh, is eventually gonna be, you know, like brought back down because of like you know refunds and like you know bad products and you know ultimately coming down to, uh, you know, bad reviews and you know causing more future sales in the future as well. Yeah, it feels so like yes. it feels mm -hmm. like filling the bucket but there is a big hole or multiple holes in the bucket right yes and, uh, precisely. <laughs> yeah right so let's talk about customer support so you know what are the things there where you know we should uh, take care of right um, I think very firstly is customer service side of things is, of course, um, we talk a lot about like, you know, uh, how knowing how to respond to the customers in a very uh, amicable manner, you know, like, you know, very relevant manner. Because the truth is a lot of people, when they say about, oh, I want to create SOPs, I want to systemize down my customer service department, uh, they tend to come up with like, you know, scripts that these people can make use of. Scripts are definitely good, but the truth is, are people just following SOPs alone and not trying to actually uh, you know like resolve the customer's problem uh, you know just by you know like a copy and paste this message and that's it you know it's not even something that that, that makes sense uh, i believe that you some of you sometimes right when you see some uh, screenshots and some memes online when they're talking about like hey i have like a, a product that is not delivered just yet then then the standard copy and paste script will be like oh please send me a proof that you have not received the message and then you know that the funny thing that comes out was the photos of him holding air, uh, you know like putting your hands up there and then like just holding air you know this is just something like that that, that just <laughs> wow. uh, make, make, makes more customers pissed off right you know like that's why um you know the truth is uh customer service sort of things you must be you know you must train the team members not only to just follow sops but to use it in the very right manner they have to put in some thoughts to it make sure they are relevant towards uh, the customers i think that is the most important aspect uh, in customer service for now yeah uh, I, mm, yeah yeah that, that, yeah, yeah so, so I, of course like you know if i were to add on a little bit more into like some other aspects uh, of course one of the key things is that like then uh, in a more advanced level, then how can you turn your customer service uh, team, right, to become salespersons for you as well, salespeople for you? Because the truth is, uh, you can eventually make use of customer service team to make a customer purchase more. If the experience is good enough, uh, if they are good at selling people as well, it's eventually helping you to increase more sales, you know, by, by persuading this person like, hey, how about adding this product, adding on towards your current order itself, because they will complementary or complement your experience uh, altogether uh, in, in, in your product purchase itself. Yeah, so so I think that that is also a good aspect to to look into it as well. Yeah, I read the book uh, by uh, Tom uh, Sia or Sia, uh, right. Zappos, delivering happiness, and he created this uh, shoe company in the U.S., which is really centered around good customer service. And actually, each new employee has to spend, I think, at least two weeks in the 
customer support department. Um, So it's really built around that. And yeah, once I uh, messaged them up uh, on their website and asked about a good pizza place in Dallas in the US and they helped me. So they they are really cool people actually. And uh, they, they, they help you not just with the product and, you know, with delivery and all of these things, but literally with everything. And it's a really interesting experience. Yeah, definitely. You know, talking about Zappos, you know, I'm a big fan of Tony as well. You know, uh, rest in peace for him as well. You know, he has passed on. Uh, but of course, uh, there is a reason why Zappos is a 1.2 billion buyout from Amazon, you know, end of the day. You know, it's worth so much money purely because, you know, they are really very focused on the customer service, giving, delivering the best experience and the best culture in the company that Amazon, yeah. you know, Zappos decided to buy over the entire company. Uh, and one thing Zappos to really just uh the core job is still the same but it's to also bring in the same culture uh, right into amazon as well so that you know they can bring the same experience in there yeah, yeah. it's not to wonder that amazon bought them up in the end i mean very similar uh, values and focus that they have yeah yeah right and yeah. uh mm-hmm. just recently i talked to a uh, partner of our agency and what came up is that in q4 there is a big need for uh, customer support people and you know new people in the company but in yeah. q1 what happens if uh, the workload reduces uh, you know you put time into teaching these people and mm-hmm. uh, and money and all of the resources but you cannot give them job in january february it happens so mm-hmm. what's the best solution for that what's your opinion right so um, I think, of course, one of the key things is that, like, you know, then do you want to actually look deeper into the business model? You know, like I would say a longer term to reach. Uh, how can you make sure, especially in the dropshipping businesses who are widely known to like let go a lot of team members during Q1 next year? Uh, the truth is then how can you make sure that a dropshipping business is a longer term business? You know, like it's meant for a longer term that it extends way beyond Q4. Um, same thing for e-commerce brands as well. So the truth is that like, you know, naturally, firstly is uh, maybe you might first foundationally, you should look into like whether uh, do you want to hire that many people to begin with? Yes, you need more help. But could it be potentially because uh, the problem lies with um, the team members not being able to be productive enough due to a lack of systems? Uh, or is it because, you know, due to that, there's a lot of other circumstances? Because, you know, I think one of the key things that I, I see a lot of people are they are they are still continuing to be uh, spreading their team members team team to look into like you know product research during q4 where whereas you know like if you're talking about higher level dropshippers uh, or high level e-com brand owners they would have already been prepared uh way before q4 you know like q2 q3 they should already be, be amassing a whole a whole uh list or a whole a mass of like you know of products right that they are able to actually run through uh, all together in q4 so, so when that happens, then they can actually shift their focus of these team members, right, to be helping out with the other areas such as customer service, you know, such as like, you know, probably uh, managing the, the fulfillment side of things or probably, you know, managing into other areas of the business itself, you know, because then this way they are using the same team members to actually be working on things that are important. Then, of course, then the additional hires that comes from there, uh, naturally, when Q1 comes, when things start to die off a little bit more, um, then the truth is then you might want to be able to make sure uh, the people that you hire during this period of time, they also have other uh, skill sets, you know, other work that they can potentially mm-hmm. do inside the company uh, so that it still continues to help your your company to grow further from there. Yeah, so I think that's, that's I think, one of the key things that they have to, to go with it. Yeah, but foundationally, yeah. I mentioned it's really about you know making sure that probably firstly they have good systems, uh, having team members that they can easily replicate things from, reducing the time that they spend. 
Okay, that's a really good advice. Yeah. Um, and also, I know you have the four levels of automation principle or concept. So please uh, share more about this, uh, these four levels. What are these? Right. So, um, of course, um, in specifically saying it's just more of like the four levels of autonomy. Why would I uh, say autonomy is this? A lot of people will think that like, you know, automation and autonomy is technically the same thing. Uh, but the truth is there is actually a good difference coming from there. Why do I say that is this? Um, most business owners to make things easy or to share with, you know, I, I'll say gurus, right? To make it easy, they'll always say like, oh, you want to fully automate your business. But what does it really mean to fully automate your business? Because uh, in automation, if I go by the definition itself, automation is only when you are able to uh, automate uh, a specific function inside a business. It means that your entire company is not fully automated yet. They're still requiring, uh, you know, like a certain additional input from manpower, uh, additional input from other circumstances. Uh, and more importantly, the truth is when it comes to difference between automation and autonomy, uh, automation is when uh, it's not catered enough for other kinds of scenarios or special cases or uh, cases that are not defined inside this uh, particular set of automation itself. So hence, that is why autonomy comes into picture. So what is really autonomy, right? When it comes to the definition of it, is that autonomy is when you're able to function, you know, like your, your company is basically able to fully function without the need of like, you know, additional input from the business owner themselves or like, you know, the managerial positions as well. Basically, every single team member are able to move by their own and they are able to think for themselves to make the right decisions for the company to grow. That, that, what, that is what really makes a company a company. Because uh, if you are doing everything by yourself as a business owner, uh, the, or like everything is required, you are the bottom of the business where everyone has to come to you to make decisions, right? Then the truth is your business cannot scale. The, the business can only scale as far as how many decisions you can make a day. You know? So hence, yeah. it's important to look deeper into these four levels of autom uh, autonomous, uh, I would say four levels of autonomy uh, inside your business uh, so that you, you know, you're aware at which kind of stage that you're in uh, and more importantly from there, how can you move on from one level to the next level to ultimately reach a full state of autonomy where your team members are running from there. So quick breakthrough of that, uh, four levels is this. The first level is what I usually call level zero. It's where you have zero automation, zero autonomy. Zero autonomy is everything is manual. You know, everyone is doing exactly what they are uh, they are supposed to do without SOPs, uh, without any te uh, technology support as well. Uh, everything is just done manually. Of course, for you to easily move on from there to reach to a level of automation, which is the level one of autonomy, uh, autonomy uh, is to go, which is which is to actually take a step, right, to go down to uh, to to actually start making use of tools and softwares online to automate your business. <laughs> So that, that is mainly the thing that, that needs to be done uh, to reach from level zero to level one. Reach level one is what I call autonomy, uh, automation. You know, that, that is actually automation itself. It's actually a one smaller branch of yeah. autonomy. Uh, so once you're able to go into automation, it's when you make use of tools, softwares, uh, you know, technology to help you to automate certain parts of the business itself. So from there, right, naturally you want to actually uh, start looking deeper. Okay, then what is the next level? So when it comes down to level two, level two is what we call semi-autonomous uh, level so semi-autonomous it means uh, a definition of it it means that uh, when you are able to actually have um, both technology and sop coming into picture that your team members are following a set of systems and a set of uh, instructions for them to uh, operate onto the machines or operate on the tools or the softwares or operate on their basic uh, basic processes itself so this way 
you are at least at the level where your team members are able to function uh, on a very normal circumstances where nothing is going wrong, everything is standardized, uh, there is no special scenario, special cases that happens, and uh, the, the, the business is moving by itself. So that is semi-autonomous, which is still good. You know, it's good enough, right? When you think in normal circumstances, business is still moving as per normal, it's growing as per normal. But of course, for your business to ultimately grow to the highest level, which is level three of autonomous, uh, autonomy, right, uh, is to move on to fully autonomous mode. So fully autonomous mode, right? How can you actually move towards that, that area where uh, you... Uh, so if I go by definition once again, level three fully autonomous mode, it means that how can you eventually build a company that runs ultimately by itself, no matter what kind of circumstances happens towards the business? So what I mean by that is this. The truth is sometimes when, uh, you know, if everything happens from Q1 to Q3 is normal, right? Q4 happens. All your SOPs, all the systems, all the tools that you have built up so far, usually starts to break down a lot because the scale goes way higher and there is a lot of bigger circumstances comes into it. For example, uh, having the three times more, four times more load uh, of what you usually are handling in the team right now. Uh, for example, maybe uh, you are handling more kinds of questions and more kinds of uh, product fault when it comes to like, you know, serving a product to your customers itself. When it comes to these kind of situations, you want to start asking yourself, can your team members uh, uh, solve these problems that comes along with them? Or do they eventually come towards the business owner or come to you, right? To say like, hey, uh, I need your help. You know, I do not know how to resolve this problem itself. Your customer support starts coming in and starts telling you all kinds of problems and start coming to you and tell you that like, hey, I never encountered this before. This is not part of the SOP. Mm -hmm. How do I resolve it? When that happens, you are still in semi-autonomous. So fully autonomous comes into picture when your team members are able to think for themselves or they are given guidelines or policies that helps them uh, to actually think further ahead. Like, hey, if a special scenario comes into picture, what kind of, uh, can I be able, am I authorized enough to make the big enough decisions to go and resolve this solution without the need to go to my manager, without the need to go to my boss? So for you to be able to go towards that, one of the key, key tips or key tricks, right, towards it, right, is to actually uh you know um apply policies or to uh, set down certain guidelines for your team members to be guided on that's one of the key things but in in the true essence of it is to ultimately build what i call the a strong structure right that allows your team member by design uh to be thinking uh forever thinking ahead about their about the work that they do so that eventually it comes to a point where your team members are constantly trained to actually think about, okay, um, what have I done right in the business? Uh, what have I done you know, wrongly in this work itself? Is there any challenges that I'm facing right now? Uh, what kind of support that I need from my bosses or from my managers, right? Uh, that I can actually improve the work process that I have now so that I give more results to the company itself. So that is what I call true autonomous and a fully autonomous mode. Uh, and, and you eventually just simply need to set down more policies. So super quick example about customer service side of things is to eventually you know when i see policies right is that for example maybe do you want to set down a policy of like 20 dollars to 30 dollars uh, authorized authorization to your team members to say like hey um right now you have a permission to spend up to 30 dollars to make a customer happy when the situation comes so that this way the team members starts to become more resourceful like hey i have a, a budget of 30 dollars how can i make this customer happy without the need to go to my uh, my manager Anything that requires more than that, then I will have to go to my manager. But that eventually you realize that you take up way lesser time of the manager or the business owners and stuff. And eventually your business can thrive way further from that. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's what I like to call the four levels of autonomy. 
uh, and to make sure that you know you want to be, be able to be very clear that uh, business is really not just about like automation alone. You know, it, it, a yeah. company requires both uh, technology and thinking manpower. You know, not just yeah. manpower that follows SOPs, but people who are able to think further ahead for the business, uh, and, and you know, uh, to to eventually grow the business from there. Yeah, probably two things that I can see uh, among business owners, and I think it's not good for anyone. So one is they don't uh, dare to, you know, do this leap, leap of faith, let's say, and just give uh, the test that day before to new people. They are just afraid and they it's probably a trust issue or, you know, yeah. confidence thing, but uh, you don't dare to give it to your new people. But if you never do it, then your business won't grow, then you will stay the bottleneck. So I think really, you know, everyone should, uh, when you hire people, you should give tasks to them as fast as you can, actually. Yeah. That's one thing. The other thing is uh, what I can see, and uh, I'm also in this trap sometimes, that uh, you try to over-automate things with uh, software tools. Because... Uh, Probably you are analytical or you just like dealing with these more than with people sometimes. So, you know, you just want to automate things and yeah, just yeah. get rid yeah. of the task uh, because the software does it. But there is a trap there as well. Uh, right. I, yeah. I, I totally agree on that as well. You know, the, the truth is this, like, you know, a lot of people when I, when I come to helping my clients and stuff, uh, they always think that like, I'm just here to set up automation tools or like softwares for yeah. them. Uh, to fully automate everything but the truth is it's not you know that the truth is that like you mentioned earlier on one of the key uh pits or pitfalls right it's really over automating certain stuff why do i why 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 that happens is purely because for the fact that um when you have too many technology or systems involved that is ultimately achieving all kinds of objectives all around the place you are unable to actually link them up smoothly together to make sure that you know they they, they can function properly uh, synchronizing, you know, because uh, the, the the truth is, uh, if you're unable to synchronize all the softwares together or all the all the systems up together, right, uh, then you are actually spending more time and causing uh, efficiency to be to be lost over time, over the yeah. process. Yeah. 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 That being said, let's talk about software. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, what software tools would you recommend to implement for, let's right. say, seven-figure level? Yeah. Right. So, of course, the very first thing is that if you are not using any project management tools such as like ClickUp or Trello, uh, even as simple as Trello or even like Monday.com, uh, that is one, one key thing that I'll first recommend for. Why so? Because you want to be able to make sure that you can plot out all your processes in line and your team members can clearly see that as well. So that every time as a manager, as a business owner yourself, uh, with a big team itself, you are able to see clearly which, is, which what team member is doing what you know, within the business itself. So that is the very first tool that I usually recommend to, to be put in. Um, second tool that I want to actually recommend, I would say, uh, of course, it comes down towards, um, I wouldn't say communication tool because that's, I think, quite standard. You know, even if you, was, if you use WhatsApp or you use Slack, it's generally still okay. But second tool is like when it comes towards customer service itself. Um, I'm someone that will highly advocate for one of the particular tools called Gorgeous. Um, so most of you may have heard Gorgeous before itself as a customer service, soft, uh, customer service software purely for e-commerce brands itself. Um, why do I highly recommend that? It's purely this. One is that like, you know, when you are facing Q4, especially Q4, right? Uh, chances are is that your volumes gets way higher 
And if you are depending on humans or manpower, right, to be able to handle the high volume of tickets and stuff, it's usually going to be very hard. So it's important that you want to make use of a good customer service tool that can actually help you to automate some of those replies for you. While it can sound a little bit, uh, uh, a bit more um, scripted and stuff like that, but that is also one of the key reasons why I recommend Gorgeous. Why do I say that? It's because uh, Gorgeous makes use of like, you know, AI and machine learning uh, to be able to craft out or like to adjust their messages a little bit more so that the messages look a little bit more relevant or they do not answer that badly towards people. So when you are lack of manpower, naturally at least there's some, you know, behind the scenes artificial intelligence that's helping you to respond on that. But the one key reason why I always talk about uh, customer service or Gorgeous as a customer service tool that I recommend uh, is also purely because of uh, sales. What do I mean by that? Uh -huh. is earlier I mentioned about if you're able to train your sales team member or your customer service team member to be sales team members as well, you can actually uh, make use of Gorgeous as, as a tool, right, to help you to uh, streamline the process better. Because once your team members are able to convince people to purchase more, these people do not have to take additional steps inside Shopify to add on more products towards that or towards their order itself. What can be done is Gorgeous directly directly connects to all the different uh, major Shopify or like you know uh, e-commerce platforms or uh, softwares or tools, right? Uh, that they can immediately integrate to a point where all you need to do is just add a button and add the order towards uh, or add the product towards the current class, uh, customer's order and just simply purchase directly from there. This makes the purchasing uh, process a lot easier and faster and it eventually increases sales for the customer's, uh, customer uh, service side of things. So that itself, I, I usually recommend that as well. Um, so, sorry, Trevor, yeah. to interrupt. Yes. Can, you, can you tell us examples when a customer support person can become a salesperson? If, right. You know, if so, somebody never tried it or seen it, like how does it look like? Right. Um, I, I, I won't be able to do like, you know, kind of like screen share anything at, at this current point. But of course, a quick example is that like, you know, I've seen cases before uh, where a customer service team member, you know, let's just say for example, a customer came or come, comes over and I'm asking about like, you know, uh, can I know about like, you know, my shipping updates about this particular product probably is taking a long time. So one of the key things is that a, sale, a customer service team member can actually build some rapport with the customer first. Like, hey, how are you doing? You know, is there any particular thing that you're doing right now? Uh, I don't know, like, you know, how, how have things been, been for you? Uh, you know, that, then maybe potentially be, uh, then telling them like, hey, uh, while we are checking on your product itself, is it okay that, you know, we, we chat a little bit more from there as well? So sometimes it makes it a little bit more personalized. Like, for example, especially for brand uh, niche owners, let's say, for example, uh, if the brand owner is selling something that is related towards sports, then like, you know, maybe basically building rapport can be asking like, hey, uh, are you, you know, like someone that, that loves sports or are you buying this as a gift for someone else? You know, so as you start building more and more, asking more and more questions and starting to know more about the preferences of the customers itself, you can then start asking like, hey, you know, since that you like this particular thing itself, we do actually have this product that costs you, you know, that's not, not a lot of money. Uh, do you, would you be interested to find out more about it and, and so that I can share more with you? And then if you're interested, I can add on to your current order right now and add in towards the shipping altogether as well so that you can receive it altogether without meaning away altogether. So when, when this kind of topic brings up, right, naturally customers, most of, of course, I wouldn't say 100% of the time, but I would say some customers, if they're happy with what you're saying, uh, if this is something they're highly interested in, chances are they'll just say, okay, why not? You know, like if, if especially if it's going to come together with, uh, in time to along together with my current order itself. So when that happens, then naturally you get a sale. So I usually like to, you know, like share with like, you know, customer service team members to uh, start, you know, 
thinking about customer service as a job, right, to, to build relationships with people. Because the very first step towards, you know, turning them into salespeople is to know how to build relationships with people. Because that, firstly, helps with customer service to make them happier. Secondly, naturally, you are becoming a friend to them, easier for you to sell anything that you need to uh, in the future yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. Relationship building. and Yeah. In every business, basically. Yeah, and it really... Think you know it makes things smooth and you can sell much easier. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Back to software. So you mentioned uh, Gorgeous, uh, or yes. I don't know how to pronounce their name, but I think it's an amazing company. Yeah, and uh, I, you know we are also familiar with them. It integrates with Shopify, Klaviyo, many many tools. Really great right. company. Uh, any other tools that you would mention? Yeah, I mean earlier you mentioned Klaviyo. It's definitely one of the good tools that people are making use of. Uh, but of course, if it comes to like other parts of operations, side of things where you want to make use of uh, software and tools, mm-hmm. um, I would say try to keep things simple for now. You know, for especially for seven-figure, eight-figure businesses, uh, the truth is they don't overcomplicate stuff. So keep it with the simplest tools. You know, if you want to build SOPs, uh, of course, there's software platforms such as Process.Street uh, or Process.ST in, in short. Uh, but of course, for the simpler version, just use Google Docs. You know, that's why I highly recommend. I still work with clients who are doing eight figures. Uh, a month as well. They are still using Google Docs. You know, they are still using Google Sheets. Uh, because the the, the truth is, these are easy enough. Uh, unless of course, like you know, once we just to a point where maybe uh the amount sheer amount of data they are putting into Google uh Sheets and Google Docs itself, it's too much that the loading speed is so slow, which we have encountered before. Uh, that it takes like a long while to edit anything into Google Sheets. Then naturally, make use of other tools like a project management tool as well does work out. Uh, for example, we use ClickUp. Or we use Monday.com uh, to use uh-huh. it as a product research sheet uh, compared to a Google uh, Google sheet itself. Okay, that looks uh, a lot faster. So keep it simple. Everything should be simple. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And yeah. as you grow, things should be still simple. Otherwise, you just go crazy by yeah, the definitely. amount of data and processes and all of that. Yeah. 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 That's for yeah. sure. Uh, my la- one last question is, so mm-hmm. now we are at the beginning of Q4 here in October, and what would be your maybe a few tips or hacks that people can easily implement in their business to, you know, ca- scale even more and uh, not break their operations? Um, how can they be prepared? I see. Um, so the very first thing is this. The first tip is that you want to make sure that you do as many uh, if you are a dropshipper, do as many product research as possible as of this stage before Q, Q4 officially starts. Why do I say so is that you want to eventually not spend so much time on like product research during the whole Q4. You know, like when you're busy with like 10, 10, 11, 11, Halloween, Black Friday, everything starts coming in. Chances are you want to spend more time on scaling the ads. You want to spend more time on like scaling the efforts or like to handle your customer yeah. service out of things. So always prepare yourself for that. You know, that's one of the key things. Um, but of course, now it's a slightly a little bit late, but still, it's still good to actually at least start speaking to some of your suppliers or to at least look for some, uh, you know, uh, on the second thing of the side of things is to look for uh, potential logistic partners, PR companies, uh, and to work with like, you know, multiple suppliers as well, just in case, you know, in the event that uh, communication breaks down or like, you know, the product fulfillment is not fast enough uh, or your orders are a little bit too spread out you are able to at least have a few backup plans to make sure that products are still able to be to be sold and at least reached uh, as soon as possible towards the, the customers itself so that you reduce your, your, your refund rates. Uh, so that's the second thing that usually you want to be, be sure of. 
uh, third thing is this. The third thing, actually, if you have not uh, prepared any system or SOPs or, or scripts for your customer service side of things, be very prepared for that because you want to make sure that at the very least, automate as much as possible in your customer service team. Because if the, the less time that you can spend on customer service or the, the less work your team members need to work on the customer service side of things, the faster your, your products can, can, be, can be resolved, you know, like your tickets can be resolved. And when that happens, refunds naturally drops, uh, then you won't be able to like, you know, go for a very high chargeback, which brings you a whole lot of problems after Q4. You know, you have a, uh, either you have a lot of high refunds uh, or you are getting a lot of chargebacks uh, to a point that you need to work, uh, you know, you have to deal with your, your PayPal and Stripe. Uh, you know, like people eventually, right? Then that, that causes you a whole bunch of things to fix afterwards as well. Um, but of course, one of the key things when it comes to marketing side of things, naturally, uh, you know, if you can prepare more accounts as well, you know, you want to get agency accounts, if you want to get more, uh, you know, verified BMs, do whatever you can to go and find out more about those. Please go ahead and just get, get more and more accounts on standby to be ready uh, ultimately for that. Uh, but of course, to maximize the, maximize the skill, naturally look for more marketing channels and more plans that you can have with, with marketing side of things. So that, you know, uh, Q4 is essential. You want to bring more sales, naturally make sure that you, you have more channels to, to be ready for. That's one. Uh, secondly, of course, uh, on the operational side of things, because I want to talk more about that, then naturally um, make sure that all your tools are already verified. You know, make sure that all your tools are already to a point that you have already tested them before. You make sure that like everything is smooth. Uh, then these are things that you can be less worried about. Then Q4 can be a lot smoother from there. Uh, yeah, so that, that's naturally the, the very first two things are the most important part. You know, just make sure uh, product research, all those are already done uh, early in advance. Um, start hiring people if you need to. If you are projecting yourself, you are already used to it, you are projecting yourself to have higher sales, then start preparing ahead what you need, who you need to have uh, and what you need to do during Q4. This will really yeah. help a lot of things better. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and probably hiring in Q3 already, so you have time to teach them. Uh, last year, we are an agency, but same applies here, I think. So right. we started hiring in October, November, and it's really hard to teach them that fast, especially when the other part of the team is super busy. So, right. yeah. That's the thing. And, and you know that the trophies, um, we have to be very honest, is that like a lot of times uh, you don't, you you want to even when you hire so many people and it takes time for you to train q4 when you are so busy right chances all these people keep coming to you for questions and stuff you may end up you know causing a lot of problems together to, to work together with them yeah so always be earlier in advance i i always tell you know everyone in q1 uh q4 right that like you know it's important to at least take your q2 q3 at least q2 to q3 to start preparing your hires to start preparing your team uh, to be ready for q4 you know, people who are only getting ready for Q4 two weeks before, it's usually <laughs> going to be very, very tough and stressful. You know, I've seen people who, yeah. who are very depressed afterwards. Yeah, spending too much time trying to get, get ready all, all this stuff in, in very short time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to have a peaceful holiday season and Christmas, then prepare Q4 in advance. Um, yeah, precisely. Okay, uh, thanks Trevor again. I think it was really insightful. If anyone wants to talk to you and find your company, where they should go? Um, I think they can find me on like, of course, like from my Facebook account itself. You can look for Trevor Lim. You should be able to see my, uh, my name from there as well. Uh, you can follow me on ID as well. Hey Trev. Uh, so it's really just very simple. Hey and T-R-E-V. You know, just Hey Trev. Um, I do post some of my contents uh, from time to time over there. Um, but of course, over time, we will be able to create more and more channels over time that, that I can share with you guys more. But 
at least for a very least, uh, you can go for my Facebook side of things. I should be able to share more stuff on there. Yeah, amazing. We will also share these links into the description on our website so everyone can find these. And uh, thanks again, everyone who listened to us today. And thanks, Trevor, for uh, being here. Yeah. No problem. Happy to share. Uh, happy to speak to your audience as well. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.